All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, if you need to get a cup of coffee, I don't know, is a coffee up back there? Yes. Uh, take a bathroom break because we're going to go for about another hour and a half. Those of you who are keeping time out there, buckle up. <laughs> no, please uh, take a few minutes, uh, say hi to somebody, uh, use the bathroom, um, get a cup of coffee if you need to.
All right, if you'll, you'll make your way back to your seats, we're going to get started. Most everybody's back. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. I praise God for what he's done. That, that refrain should go around in our head all the time. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. How can I obtain a taste for heaven when my understanding of heaven is limited? What do we know about heaven? Other than what people might say, uh, people that may know, may not know. They may have an alternate view of heaven, what heaven might be like. But we understand through the scriptures that God gave us, the Word of God, the unfallible Word of God, what heaven will truly be like. But if I understand that Jesus died to get me into that place, it's well worth thinking about. It's well worth talking about. And I don't know what that was. Holy Spirit, come. No, was that you? Okay. So we're going to uh, embark on part two of uh, our series here, a small series, two-week series on heaven. Uh, today we're going to, uh, today's title is Paradise Lost. Paradise regained. Paradise lost. Paradise regained. If you have, if you have your Bibles open to Revelation chapter two, verse seven. Revelation chapter two, verse seven. When you get there, say Amen. Good to see everybody's got their Bible. All right. I'm not picking on anybody. Just if you come to church, bring your Bible with you. It's always a good thing. When you get there, it reads like this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Let me say it again. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful and we are thankful today to be in your presence. Lord, what a wonderful praise and worship we just had. And Lord, we feel your presence. We sense your presence. Lord, we've, been, we've praised you well. We've worshiped and honored you, Lord, with our song. And now, Lord, we worship and honor you, Lord, with our listening and our hearing of what your word has to say to us. And so, Lord, I pray, impart unto us today, Lord, an a, a understanding according to your word what paradise is like, what heaven is like, and who is invited and who can come in. Lord, I pray 
that you would set this seed in our heart today that it would last us the rest of our life. Lord, that we would forever long for the place called heaven, the place called paradise, where we will be with you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have a desire, a thirst and a hunger for that place. And Lord, help us to have a thirst and a hunger, Lord, to share this message that we receive today with those around us, those that we know, those who we don't know. Help us, Lord, to live our lives every day in view of this great place where Christ is at the very center. We thank you for it all. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. So again, we, in order to know what heaven is like, we have to search the scriptures. And there, listen, uh, we are limited on our time. We could go through this entire Bible and we can pick out all kinds of scripture that will share with us what paradise is like, what it used to be like, what it's going to be like, and who is going to enter in. But I'm going to share with you just some of the scriptures. Like, like I said, we're kind of limited on time. If you guys have a couple hours, I'll go through the whole thing. But I, I can tell by the looks on your faces, that's just not possible today. Uh, first of all, I want to uh, welcome back Pastor Jason and Miss Jen from vacation. Uh, welcome back. Uh, we missed you. Uh, we were sure that you had a great time. The pictures on Facebook uh, tell a story of just how great a time you had with your family, and that's absolutely wonderful. You need that kind of rest. And, and you were in a place that was almost paradise, right? Pretty, the Smoky Mountains are, are darn near paradise, right? So, in order to understand, we have to go, again, go back to Genesis, but this time we're going to be in chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Last week was a lot of fun. We talked about the God, how God created everything and how the order of it. Uh, every day, uh, you know, He created a new thing, uh, the, the earth and the heavens and the animals and and eventually got to us, right, on the sixth day, he created man uh, and woman, male and female, he created them. And then he said it was what? It was good, right? But when he got to man and woman, he said it was very good. Very good. Why? Because we were made in his likeness and in his image. And he breathed the breath of life into us. His very breath into us. Now all the other animals, physical creatures of this earth didn't have that thing that we have, which is that connection with our creator in such a way that will forever connect us with him. And God made this place such a a great and wonderful place for Adam and Eve. He did it all for them, just like our salvation. God has done it all for us. We don't have to work for our salvation. Our salvation comes by faith alone, by grace alone, and the one that purchased us in his blood, Jesus Christ. He did all the work. Just like he did here in Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read verse 8, verse 10, and verse 15. Verse 8 says this, And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. 
The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Two trees. Now we focus a lot upon the one tree, the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but what we skip over kind of is this tree of life. And it becomes very important here as we go. Uh, you'll find out it's very important in this narrative, in this story. But understand, I'm paying, God paints us a picture here in the book of Genesis chapter 2 of what paradise was like. Because God's original creation was paradise on earth. Here's what he said. He said, every tree came out of the ground that's pleasant for the sight and for food. Now, a lot of us have uh, real beautiful gardens, flowers and shrubs and, and little miniature trees and all those things, and they're pleasant for sight. Imagine, if you will, a place that is 10 million times more beautiful than your front lawn or your personal uh, uh, flower garden. It's an amazingly beautiful place. Everywhere you turn, your eyes hit something new. And, and, and we begin to stare at that thing and, oh my gosh, how wonderful and beautiful that is. A place of beauty is what this was. But not only was it beautiful, it was good for food. Every, every tree that was a fruit-bearing tree or a, 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 a vegetable-bearing tree or a plant was there for us that we didn't have to plant. Adam and Eve didn't plant any of these things. They were already planted for them. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden. The tree of life. Remember that there was two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Verse 10. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. How many of you guys ever grown tomatoes? How much water do they need? They need a whole lot of water. I mean water, water, and more water. And I, you know, I quit growing tomatoes because every night I'd have to come home from work and I'd spend a half an hour out there spraying all them daggone tomatoes. I'm like, you know what, uh, Roof Nurse is down the street or, or uh, there's, there's, you know, there's a, a farm market somewhere down in the neighborhood. I can go get me some tomatoes. I ain't doing all this watering. Here we have God brings a river out of Eden to water the garden. We don't even have to water the garden. There's no weeds there. Amen. Anybody ever have to pick weeds? Man, when I was a kid, I picked more weeds than I could ever count. It became four riverheads. We're not going to go through all of them. But verse 15. Then the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. So all Adam and Eve had to do was basically go out and pick the fruit. They didn't even have to get dressed to go do this. Amen, somebody. They didn't have to put no clothes on. They, 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 didn't, they were naked, didn't even know they were naked, right? Didn't have to go put clothes on to go tend to go. They, all they had to do was go out and pick the fruit, right? That's that basically all they had to do, right? And so they had all this available to them. But here's the most important thing they had. The Bible says that God walked with them during the cool of the day. There was a, an unfettered access 
every day, 24 7, 365, between them and their Creator. God had a relationship with Adam and Eve, and there was unbroken fellowship from the day it all started. Imagine, if you will, this kind of a place. Listen, you didn't, didn't need pesticides, Pastor, right? For the pests. You didn't need herbicides for the weeds. You didn't need Roundup, right? Come on, somebody. You didn't need any of these things to destroy everything. Everything was beautiful and everything was furnished. This is the paradise that God had planned for us from the beginning. And then we messed it up. Someone say amen. We messed it up. We messed it up. We did the very thing that God told us not to do. We could have had it all and we could have had it forever. Why? Because the tree of life was in the midst of this garden. There was a forever sign put on this tree of life. If the, if the fruit of the tree of life was taken and partaken of, we would live forever in that state. But they chose the other tree. They wanted to know good and evil. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to be their own gods. And we are like that. Human beings are like, we want to do things our way, in our time, and our flavor, however we want it, and we get upset when it's not the same way that we want it. Amen? We, are, we have become, in essence, our own gods. And this is all because of the original sin that Adam and Eve had committed. They, they wanted to be like God, to know good and evil. And they made the choice, the wrong one. We're going to flip to Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Now, lest he put his, out his hand and take also... What is that noise? Is that, is that my microphone? Oh, my Lord. Oh, is that you? Sorry. Okay. We're getting there. Lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. Verse 24, so he drove out the man and he placed the cherub, cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which he turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. There's that tree of life again. So Adam goes from tending the garden to tilling the garden. Watch what he says. The Lord sent him out of the Garden of Eden. Everything that God had furnished, which was perfect and beautiful and life-sustaining, he drove him out of the garden to till the ground from which he was taken. So we're going from tending to tilling. And not only that, he didn't stop there. He said, unless he, he takes of the tree of life and is forever in this state... I'm sending a cherubim with flaming swords to guard this tree of life. You ain't getting to it, Adam. You ain't getting to it, Eve, because you done already made the big mistake. The big mistake was thinking that we know more than God. The big mistake is, is listening to the lies of the enemy and taking it to heart and believing a lie and then falling short of what God has planned. It's called sin. Sin had destroyed 
everything. Sin had taken this blessed place and now drove man out of it and it, this ground had become a curse to us. So now by the sweat of our brow, by thorns and thistles, weeds and varmints, we must provide our own food. God did all of that. And we did none of it. If he ate this fruit, he would be ever, forever in this state. And God had to guard, heavily guard, this tree of life. In the original paradise, everything was perfect. There was no curse, no sin, no death, no pain, no barriers between God and man. Can you imagine no barrier between us and God? Sin separates us from God. Why? Because God is holy and we are not. We were born with a sin nature. We were born with the, uh, the propensity to do the wrong thing all the time. We were born into selfishness. Sin has its roots in self. I am no longer looking to him to be God. I become my own. Nobody had to teach us how to sin. It was always, always there from the beginning of our lives. From our first breath to our last, our lives are filled with sin. Every war that was started was started because of sin. Every famine was a famine that was started because of sin. Every sickness, every disease, everything that you can count on this hand, this hand, both feet, and everything else was the result of the original sin. In paradise... There's no more murder. There's no rape. Matter of fact, we find out in the next few chapters after Adam and Eve are kicked out of Eden, the very next thing we find out, they have kids, Cain and Abel, and one of them killed the other with a rock. He didn't need a gun. All he had to have was murder in his heart. We see what sin produced. Sin produced death. But in paradise, there was no murder. There was no rape. Amen? No wars, no gangs, no famines, no hospitals, no terrorism, no racism, no sexism, no false religions, no losers, no rejection, no depression. It was all nothing but unbridled bliss. I don't know, knowing the people that I know, being, haven't been to the places where I've been, I don't know if we can handle that kind of 24-7, 365 bliss in, the, in our current state of mind. But I got good news. I got good news this morning, today, and every day uh, in your future is this. God has pre presented us with a plan. His name is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ will provide us with a new body, a new mind, a new heart, and a new life, a new perspective. So when we go to this place called heaven, when we return back to a place called paradise, we're not going to think the old way we thought before. We're going to think a new way. Amen. We're going to have a new mind. Our, new, our, our mind's going to be renewed day by day by God himself. We're going to have a new body that's impenetrable by uh, uh, disease and, and, and sickness and death. This body will live forever. That's what eternal life is. And I know some people, then when you ask them if they, 
you know, want to receive Christ. And, hey, do, would you like eternal life? And they, thought, they would think to themselves, well, I don't know about eternal life because this life has been nothing but misery. Huh? My father left when I was a, when I was a baby. Or my mom was a, an abuser. Or fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. What kind of misery can we obtain in this world? Oh, there's a whole lot of misery going on out there. If you were born and raised in Ukraine, right now you're, you're, you're feeling nothing but misery. Why? Because evil has taken over and death has reigned. And we can't imagine a God that would allow that to happen. And we can't imagine this place, uh, 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 eternal life. What would that mean? i got to exist in all this crazy. That's a lie. The truth of the matter is this. What we, what we experienced here with Adam and Eve in the paradise that God had built, we will once again experience a paradise in the same kind of way. I want to renew your understanding of what this place is going to be like. Because when you get a good understanding of what this place is going to be like, you're going to count down the days and the hours and the minutes. I promise you. Uh, we turn to Second Peter, Peter chapter three. Again, this is just a a taste of what heaven's going to be like. In Second Peter chapter three, we learn of the day of the Lord. How many knows Jesus is coming back? Huh? If you've been in Sunday school any time in your life, you'll learn that Jesus is coming back. He, who's He coming back for? He's coming back for the bride of Christ. He's coming back for those who have received Him as Lord and as, as Savior and are living a life for Him. He's coming back for you and for me, the church. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Listen to what it says. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It's unannounced. What's he talking about? What are you talking about, Peter? The day of the Lord, the day that Jesus comes back to get us is going to be like a thief in the night. No man knows the hour or the day. He said, I don't even know. He told his disciples, I don't even know. Only the Heavenly Father knows. There's going to be a day and a time when Jesus comes back for us and we will be with him forever. And then it goes on to say, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Everything that we've done, right? Everything that we've built, everything that you've poured your heart and your life into is going to be burned up. I didn't say it. The scripture said it. Both the earth and the works that are in it will all be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what matter of persons ought you and I be in the holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Oh, it sounds like terrible destruction. But here I'm here to tell you it's not a destruction, it's a renovation. Because God's got to, he's got to destroy everything that man's built up and start over again. 
It's not like he took paradise away forever. He took it away long enough for Jesus Christ to come on the scene and redeem it. So the heavens, the atmosphere that we, we can see, the earth and everything in it will be will pass away. Why I said last week, passing away goes from one form of life to another. It's not going to be destroyed. It's going to be renovated. Renovated. Verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for what? A new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. A new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. How did righteousness dwell before the fall? Adam and Eve lived in perfect harmony with each other, with nature, and with God. Everything was perfect. There was nothing that was out of place. There was no sin to wreck everything. And so everything was absolutely perfect. Righteousness dwelled there. Understand that when we regain paradise, when we come into a place where, where we're going to uh, uh, experience this same kind of paradise, understand it's a place where righteousness dwells. There's, there's an absence of one major thing here. It's called sin. Complete absence. Listen, if we were shut into this here hall, this building, for the rest of our lives, right? And no sin was able to enter into any of these doors. That would be a, an amazing existence. Because nothing would be there to hinder our relationship with each other and with our God. I understand when we get back to this place called paradise, it's going to be a place filled with righteousness. And, I, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, I don't know if I can make it to that kind of place. Because I had some bad thoughts. I did some bad things in my life. I continue to have issues that I struggle with every day, sinful issues that I struggle with. Listen, get that kind of thinking out of your head because you won't have that kind of mind in a place that only righteousness dwells. You're going to have a renewed mind. You're going to have a new body, a body that, that, that is absolutely amazing. Jesus said it like this. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. If Jesus' body defies gravity, if Jesus' body defies sin, sickness, death, and everything else, so will ours. Why? Because we can't exist in that place if we're not like him. Someone say amen. A place where only righteousness dwells. So what are the requirements to access paradise and enjoy the, the tree of life? I'm glad you asked. Because there's some that's going to be access granted and there's going to be some that are access denied. Some, the door is going to be fully shut on them. And some of us who have said yes to Christ, who followed Jesus, who received Him as their Lord and Savior, to us, it's going to be access granted to everything. There's going to be nothing off limits to us. And just as we stood here this morning, hands lifted high, voices raised with praise and adoration and worship 
unto our God and our King. We can't see the expression on his face from down here, but by golly, at that time and on that day, we're going to see his face. We're going to see the joy on his face, knowing that those who he's created, those who he's redeemed, are going to be singing praise and worship to him, and we're going to see his face as he is. Remember, we were made in his likeness, in his image. It's hard for us to imagine what he's going to be like. But I'm telling you here and now, as perfect as Eden was, as perfect as paradise is, he is perfect. And we will enjoy that more than we've enjoyed anything else in our entire existence. Someone say amen. Jesus said it this way. He said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Born once die twice. Born twice, die once. When we are born again, born of the Spirit of God, born into His kingdom, we enjoy eternal life forever with Him. There is one death. We draw our last breath last breath in this body. This body goes back to the earth where it came from. Why? Because this is the body of death. This is the body of sin. In our, in our, in our flesh dwells sin. That sin is that sinful body is going to go to the earth where it, where it came from. And our new glorified body is going to be with him forever. Revelation chapter 22, verse 13 through 16. Revelation twenty-two thirteen says this. This is Jesus speaking. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Before everything was, was uh, 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 brought to life, before anything existed, he existed. He said, I am the Alpha and the, and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those. Everybody say, we're blessed. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the what? Tree of life. Oh, there's that tree again. There's that tree again. This tree is going to be uh, uh, near the throne of God, and from it there's going to be a river of life that flows freely from it, and we are partakers of it, the tree of life. There it is again. How do I know that that's where paradise is? Because that's where the tree of life is. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. What city is he talking about? The city, the, heaven, the, uh, the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. See, these heavens and these, this earth will be renovated by, by fire. This eternal city is coming down from heaven to this earth. Down from heaven to this earth. Now, you might not have ever thought about it in that kind of way. But the scripture said in this. They show us exactly how it's going to be. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Access denied. But wait a minute, Pastor. I've done some of them things in my life. Now, they didn't list everything. But everyone who practices a lie, me and my daughter, my youngest daughter, have a joke. 
And we, we, we say liars are friars. <laughs> every, the Bible says every liar will have their place in the lake that burns with fire. How do I know what hell is like? All I got to do is listen to that one verse. All liars will have their place in the lake of fire. All those who, who practice a lie, all those who are idolaters, all those who are murderers. Jesus said, you look on a woman to lust after her, you're an adulterer. Jesus told us that if you hate your brother without a cause, you're murdering your home, in your own heart. Listen, all of us fit this category. But here's the biggest difference. Those who are access denied rejected Jesus Christ. Not only do they reject him, but they actively oppose him. And this lake of fire is reserved for those people. But he said to us, blessed are you who do his commandments that we might have the right to the tree of life, that we might have access to him forever. The difference between them and us who are redeemed is Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible tells us that his will is that none would perish, that, would all, that all would come to have everlasting life. It's God's purpose and his plan that every single person that was born and existed in this world would have eternal life through Jesus Christ. But how many knows that people reject and reject and reject and reject? But you haven't rejected. Why? Because you know the truth. And the truth has set you free. And we have access unfettered to this place, to our God. Man, that's, that's mind-blowing information. Mind-blowing information. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Jesus himself is telling us what it's going to be like. He's telling us who can enter and who will not. He's expressly sharing with us all the information we need to make the right decision. And listen, we didn't have to even work that up ourselves. Because the grace of God reached out for us himself. And God himself extends his grace to every person on the planet. I know it took about four or five times for him to get through to me. <laughs> I kept dodging, you know, thinking there was something was up. How can this possibly be that I can have all this and, you know, an eternal life and relationship with Jesus Christ and forgiveness of sin? I kind of dodged that for a long time. But eventually his grace will grab hold. He's done everything that he needs to do and he could possibly do for us to come and receive eternal life through Christ. He's done the work. Just like he did all the work in the Garden of Eden, he's going to do it again and again and again. And so when we reach this place called paradise, there's not going to be any working for us to do. It's just going to be the enjoying. We enjoy each other. Why? Because we're no longer lying to each other. Huh? How many lies have you known that destroyed uh, relationships in your life? 
Huh? Selfishness don't exist. Wars, famines don't exist. Illness, nope. Disease, nope. None of it. Only eternal joy and bliss and wonderful relationship. Each one of us with each other and with God. And those who have gone before, who died in Christ, we're going to be reunited with them. They're going to be there. We're going to enjoy that conversation with them. Huh? It's like we never left off. Huh? I'm going to see my best friend again. I'm going to see my grandparents again. Those of you who have lost a parent or both, you're going to see them again. Those of you who have lost a spouse, heaven forbid, a, even a child, you're going to be reunited. Why? Because everything is going to be perfect for you. That's how God made it. He's bringing it all back. Bringing it all back. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. And of course, if you guys can come to the music, I'm going to end it right there. Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. I hope you guys have gotten a taste. This is just a taste. I, like I said, I could have went through this entire book and gave you scripture upon scripture upon scripture that tells us all about this place called paradise, all about this place called heaven. All these things that are going to we're going to enjoy in our eternal existence. I could have went through this whole thing, but I had limited time. But you're going to have it in your spirit and in your soul from now on for the rest of your life, this taste, this hunger, and this thirst for this place and for this God who created you and this Savior who redeemed you in his blood. You're going to have a taste for it. And you're going to want to share that taste with everybody that you know. Everybody around you. Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life Freely. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. 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 This is a place that Jesus <clears throat> has been preparing for you and for me since the beginning of time. And He's perfected it over the last 2,000 years, ever since He went to be there forever after He was resurrected. He said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may also be. But there's going to be some that are going to say, no, I don't want it. I don't want to, I don't want to have to do what it takes. What does it really take? But receiving the gift of God, the redemption through His Son, Jesus Christ, what is it going to take? It's going to take very little on your part. Very little on your part. He's already done most of it. 
He's done 99.99% .99 of what it takes. All that we have to do is that 0.1% saying, yes, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life. I want to spend eternity with you. I want eternal life. I want to have uh, uh, enjoy my eternal life in the paradise, in this heaven that is talked about in your word. I want you. Receive the gift of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. <clears throat> Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, what an extravagant layout that you've given us in your word concerning that place called paradise. The eternal life in heaven with you forever is etched in our hearts and on our minds. Lord, let's not lose that image. Let us not lose that hunger and that thirst that you've provided for us. But God, bless us every day, renewing our minds and our hearts till the day that Jesus Christ comes back and brings us home with him. Lord, tragically, we know that some will not make that journey. Some remain in their sin, unredeemed, unregenerated, unforgiven. I don't know why, but they will. Oh Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who you, who you just wonderfully given to us as a gift, I pray that they would do that today. I pray that they would do that right now. Lord, that they would, Lord, change their hearts and minds towards you and receive your son, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. Lord, let today be the day of redemption for them. If there's anyone in this room or anyone online watching, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let today be the day. What is holding you back? Whatever it is, cast it aside and make your way to this altar. Or if you're at home in your living room, just kneel down beside your bed or your couch or wherever you're at and say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you are resurrected on the third day and I believe that you're in, he in heaven forever and I want to be with you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior today. And I know today I've been redeemed. Come into my heart. Come into my life and save my soul. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I'd like to talk to you, have a little short conversation with you, me, Pastor Jason, Jen, Tanya, Corey. Share with us what you've, what you've done will help you on that journey. For those of you who may have walked away from your faith for a while, you're just not coming back, there's no greater place to be. Lord, I pray for those right now that you would renew their faith, that you restore their vision for you, that they would see you with open eyes. They would re-engage in this journey. Jesus' name.
We're going to open this altar. Corey's going to play a song. They're going to sing. And I want to invite you to come down. If you have an ailment in your body or an ailment in your heart, in your soul, or in your spirit, come let us pray for you. Come to this altar. Let us pray for you. We want to pray for you. This altar is open. What he's done. What he's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. And I praise God. Savior bled for me, my Jesus set me free. Look at the wounds that give me life, grace flowing from his side, no greater sacrifice than what he's done, what he's done. All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. And I praise God for what He has Sing for the freedom He one. Even death is dead and gone. His life has overcome. Speak, say the name above all names. Over every broken place, He is risen from the grave. What is done? What is forgiven my future is heaven and I praise God for what he's done what he's done what he's done all the glory and the honor to the sun my sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. And I praise God for what He has done. Now, on the throne of majesty, the Father's will, it is complete. He reigns in victory. Hallelujah to the King, He is worthy to receive 
all the worship we can bring. What is time? What is time? All the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is given. I praise God. What is done? What is done? Oh, what is all the glory and the honor to the Son. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. And I praise God. What is done? I praise God. What is done? I praise God. What is done?